This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good? Good to see you. Good to be with you this morning and uh, to have a chance to worship together and to... Um, To, to, to just focus in on what, what I think God has called us to, to focus in on. We're, we're um, in a series called Seeking the Savior. And, and seeking a Savior is, is something that I think God put into all of our hearts um, for all of, ever since the fall. <laughs> I, I can't say for before that, but after sin entered the world, I believe that God, God put a, a desire in our hearts to seek a Savior from that which we had lost. And, and that, that, that desire presses us and it causes us to, to, to move forward to, to, into something that, he, um, that he's, he's calling us to. That distant voice, that... that feeling in the air, whatever that is, is an important thing for us to acknowledge. You may have noticed um, when you came in earlier, there's a lot of folks around that have the Connect shirts on, the red Connect t-shirts on. Those are connectors, and um, they are leading connection groups, and um, if it, one, of, one of our primary um, values around here, well, it's so much a value that we changed our name to it, right? Connection, Christian Church. We believe that God majors on connection, that, that He came to connect with us. He created us to connect with Him. And, and so that's the language that we use. There are many other ways to say it, but it's the language we use around here. And um, one of the things that, that we uh, believe in strongly uh, you know, we have a three-pronged process to connect with God, connect with others, and connect in ministry. And we come together corporately to connect with God, to worship Him, and to hear His Word. Uh, in, in worship and Word, we connect with God. And we connect with others in, in a lot of different ways, but the primary, one of the primary ways that we do it as an organization, uh, as, as a, you know, in a missional way that God has called us to is through connection groups and our connection groups around here are not like connection groups uh, that maybe you grew up around or that we've even had before in the past because we felt like God was saying listen connection groups are for connecting with each other not for having another another class another Bible study right nothing wrong with Bible study nothing wrong with classes we have those things we do those things but that is not connection group connection group is when we get together and we build relationships with each other and we care for one another and we hold each other accountable and we become a part of each other's lives and for some of us that is very outside our comfort zone right amen that's why we don't do it get over it do it anyway do it because you don't want to all the things that you have done in your life that have led to getting results that you really wanted you didn't want to do. Amen? Yeah. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound harsh. I want to... I but listen, I, I want to speak to you from like a father's heart. <laughs> God created us to be connected. The enemy would like nothing more than for us to not be connected to each other. For you to feel like you are all alone, you're all on your own, there's nobody that knows you, and you don't know anybody, and there's nobody that, that you can... You know, that you can call on when you're in trouble or that calls on you when they're in trouble or that you miss when they're not there or, you, or you're missed when you're not there, right? These are things that happen within a connection group. And just somebody to have some fun with, somebody to hang out with and someone to have, you know, that, that cares about the things that you care about and in the way that you care about them. That's the point of connection groups. And don't wait for somebody to come to you. The reason that we ask all the connectors to wear their shirts today is so that you would know who to go to, right? And, and, and if, they, if they can't uh, help you with their group, because we have groups all over different parts of the, uh, of the county, you know, all over the place, uh, different, different times and, and all of that. So they will help you find someone or find a group that works for you. If not, go see Jerry and Colleen, and they will give you a red t-shirt and make you a connector, and you can have your own group wherever you are. You don't even have to go anywhere, right? And people can just come to you. And, and so, it, like Helen and Michael over here, you know, are connectors, and, and I've heard great things about your group, actually. People are having a blast at your group, yeah. Uh, it's, it's awesome. So, it's for, it's for connection. It's to have fun. It's to build relationships. It's to care for one another and to hold each other accountable. That's why we do it, right? That's, 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 it, it's a part of the ministry that God has given us to do. It's the holiness of hanging out because God doesn't want you to feel alone. He created you for connection. Amen? All right, so today... We're going to talk about the Christmas connection. Christmas connection is an important thing because here's the point that I, that I want to get to today is that the birth of Christ is the example of God's is an example of God's value for connection. I believe that God value connection, value being with us, value being together with us so much so that he did whatever it took. To make that happen. Do, do you realize that his first act of grace. God's first act of grace toward us. Was creation. We don't, we don't typically think about creation. As an act of grace. But here's the thing. What did you do to get created? What did you do to get created. And put on a planet that is life sustaining. Where you have the air to breathe. And the water to drink. And the food to eat. And all the things that you need. What did you do to make that happen? Nothing. So that makes it grace. Right? And the grace of connection. The, the, the grace of creation. God started us off on this journey of grace. Of living in what he had given us freely. And Sin separated us from that. What he had created us to be connected uh, to him through sin separated us from that. And from that, from there, he, he did what it took. He did what was necessary to reconnect us. That's why we celebrate the cross. But the cross could not happen without the birth. 
And so during Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of our Savior because it is the ultimate act of connection. It is the ultimate act of Him wanting to be with us. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, my favorite Christmas verse is not a Christmas verse at all. At least not in the traditional sense. My favorite Christmas verse is John 1, 2, 1 and 2. I know it doesn't sound real Christmassy, but it's, it's kind of the uh, theologian, philosopher wannabe in me that I love this passage right here. Because ultimately what John is doing in this passage is he's putting up a fight. That's what's happening here. The Apostle John is putting up a fight against the philosophy of the day, the Greek thought that was happening during that day, that, that all spirit and matter were separated from one another. We're, we're, not, we're not connected in any way, and therefore you could live however you wanted to as long as it didn't affect the spirit. And as long as in the spirit you were okay, then the life that, the life that you lived didn't matter, and, it, and ultimately it took on no value. In other words, life, human life, in that thought process, had no value. Does that sound familiar to you? Does it sound like something that maybe the enemy would try to get into the minds and hearts of people where they would start devaluing life in general and start devaluing their own lives and start devaluing the lives of people around them? And, and this leads into all sorts of genocide and all sorts of, of war and all sorts of murder and, and different things that, that we do simply because we don't value life in general. And John is trying to bring that back and say, no, 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 you're off on the wrong track. What you're listening to there, what, what, you're, what you're believing in, the, 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 the vein of philosophy that you're going down is demonic. That is not of God. Let me tell you how God did it. Let me show you what God has done. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, this Word, Word, capital W, you notice, is the word logos in Greek, L-O-G-O-S, right? Logos, the word logos means the meaning of all things. That's why he says Word. How can you understand anything without using words? Have you ever tried to think without using words? hard can't do it you got to figure out a way to communicate with yourself and the way we do that is through words now so in other words words are the meaning of all things but there is a power in this thing called the logos it is a it is a power that is not just in the universe but is in all of eternity and the philosophy, the philosophers of that day, the Greek philosophers used this word logos to understand the way that we understand everything around us. So we understand matter, we understand spirituality, we understand philosophy, we understand, you know, all the, anything that is understandable, we understood it through this power called logos. But they didn't have a name for it, they didn't know that it was a person. John comes on the scene and he says, I'm about to give a name to this thing that you think is just some mystical power floating around in the universe. No, he is a person. His name is Jesus. He was with God. 
from the beginning. And he's been with God all the way through. And as a matter of fact, he is God. And being God, he is in control of all things. And all things are under his command. And he holds all things together. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I want you to understand this idea of the Logos. There is a power, there is an energy that we cannot see. I've talked a lot about in the last few sermons about frequency and power that is in the air. And if we just tune in to the right frequency we can download right we can we can if we have a radio frequency a radio we can tune the frequency and download the station that is already floating around in the air around us right well all of that is part of the logos is part of the power field that is god all around us this is how god is omnipresent it's how he is omniscient all powerful because he is in all and through all Everything. Did I leave out anything? Are, are you following me? See, we, we, we're okay with God. We're okay with Jesus as long as He's little baby Jesus, right? Like, like Talladega Nights, you know, little baby Jesus. He played the little baby Jesus. We're okay with that version of Jesus. We're, we're okay even with the 12-year-old version of Jesus that you know, gets lost at the tender stage. He didn't get lost. His parents abandoned him. They, were, they needed some counseling or something. But three days later, they figure out, oh, where's Jesus? What? He's missing, you know. I don't think it was three. Anyway, we're even okay with the teacher Jesus, right? All religions around the world acknowledge that Jesus was here, that he existed, that he was a great teacher, he was a great man, he was very enlightened. We're okay with that. We've been, we're okay with the rabbi, Jesus, right? But, when, but that's not, those are not the qualifiers that the Bible gives us when it comes to who is Jesus. Who is the true Jesus that we worship? The, the, Bible, gives, the Bible tells us that when we discern spirits, right? If we're discerning a spirit that is around us, that is, that is in another person, what is the question that you ask them? The question that we ask to discern who is the real Jesus is this. Is Jesus the Son of God? In other words, in that language, when you ask, is Jesus the Son of God? What you are really asking is, is Jesus God Himself? That is the Jesus that brings all the power. That is the, that is the understanding of Jesus that is the Logos, the all-powerful, the omniscient, the, the, the omnipresent, the omni-everything. He is in all. He is through all. And, and it's there that we understand that He came. He humbled Himself. He laid Himself down to come to us from the beginning. Here's my first point. God's value for connection began at the beginning. That verse says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He has always been there from the beginning, and it's always been His intention to connect with us. He created us to connect with us, and He did what He took to reconnect with us when we disconnected from Him. He does that through the power that He is. We, we, we're, 
We're comfortable with creating God in our image. We're comfortable with creating God as this old man, you know, grandfather figure sitting on a throne with the long flowing beard, you know, kind of just hanging out, whatever, whatever it is that he does. And we give him the limitations that we feel here in this earth because we are because we are bound by time and space and we are stuck in this and, and we try to create God in our image. And we have to flip that script around. We have to turn that whole thing around and say, no, no, no. I am not, God is not created in my image. I am created in God's image. Therefore, I have the attributes of God. I have what God has put into me is, is here for the good of the people around me. And I am to act on His behalf. Too many people look at God like Santa Claus, right? We give him a list. We, oh, what's your prayer list? Here's my, here's my prayer list, Lord. You know, now just deliver it down my chimney, you know, or whatever. And th- that is not how prayer works. Prayer is not about giving a list to God. Prayer is about connecting to the source of all things. God is the source of all things. He is the Logos. He is the way we understand things. Listen, we we do so much striving in our lives. We do so much trying in our lives when all God really tells us is connect with me, stay plugged into me, abide in me and my words, abide in you, and I will give you all that you need. Come on. Uh Ah, I, I, I feel this word for, some, for someone. That, that, there's, that there's something that you're trying to grow. That you're trying to, it may be a business or, or something like that. And you're trying to grow. You're trying to get it off the ground. You're trying to make it happen. You're trying to push. And you're trying, and you're striving. It's like you're rowing, right? I almost get the image of like, you know, that, that uh, cross-country skiing, right? Going uphill, on skis. It's just wrong. There is no reason that you should ever have to do that, right? It just, that's just bad. Because if you, if you ever stop rowing when you're cross-country skiing uphill, what do you do? You slide back downhill, right? You got to just keep, it's just not natural. That's not the way to ski. I'm not a skier, but I'm just saying that's not a good way to do it. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But that's the image that I have, is that you feel like if I don't just keep if I don't just keep pushing and rowing and rowing and doing and and I'm tired, right? And you're just getting worn out, worn out, worn out, worn out. God is just waiting for you to stop striving so he can push you right on up that hill. So he can lift you right on up into what he's called you to. Because he's called you to do. In, he's called you into doing what you're doing for his glory. For his glory, he has called you to build what you're called to build. He's called you to sell what you're called to sell. He's called you to create what you're creating. He's called you to lead in the way that he's called you to lead and the people that he's called you to lead for his glory, for their good and for his glory. Come on. Listen, whatever business you're in, whatever venture you're in, whatever that thing is that God has given you to be a creator, to create something out of nothing, that is an attribute of God that He's bringing alive in you. Come on. 
But he can't bring anything alive in you if you are not in him. Come on. I'm preaching. All right. Through him. Listen, everybody say through him. Through him. This is the point right here. That through him all things were made. Not Without him nothing was made that has been made. In other words, whatever you're striving for in your life. Whatever you're trying to create. Whatever you're working so hard at. Listen, I, I'm all for hard work, right? But hard work isn't just fighting against, kicking against the goads, as the Apostle Paul would say. It's not just trying to fight your way through the spider webs. Oh, no, no, no. That is not kingdom work. Kingdom work is when you're riding the wave. Come on, right? What surfer goes out and tries to work on the ocean to get a wave up? A stupid one, that's who. One that just wants to look ridiculous. That's who. What are you going to do to try to get a wave on the ocean? Nothing. You look at what God is doing. You pay attention to what God is calling you to. You pay attention to that desire that God has put in your heart. And you say, yes, Lord. Let's ride this wave. You get in Him. You listen to Him. You wake up in the morning and you don't look at your planner first thing to see what you're going to do today. You don't check your email to see what you have to do today. You don't look at your to-do list to see what you have to do today. You look to the Lord and say, Lord, what do I need to do today? You the boss. What do you want me to do today? What, do you, what steps do you want me to take? And you just go do that. And you just trust in Him. And you don't strive. And you don't stress. Listen, striving and stressing and freaking out and treating people badly because you're all freaked out in your mind and you're so stretched to the limit of who you are. That is not God. That is not in Him. That is not the Logos. That is fighting against the goads. That is, that is trying to, you know, that's trying to trying to push against the wind, it's not going to happen. What you do is get in sync with Him. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made. When you understand that, when you understand that what God is calling you to in your heart, the, the, the desire, the opportunity, and the ability. How do we know that what God is, how do we know when God has called us to, to do something? Those three things. I have a desire to do it, I have the ability to do it, and I have the opportunity to do it. If those three things line up and they can be for the good of humanity, for the good of your family, for the good of the people that work for you, for the good of who you're serving, your customer, uh, whoever it might be, then just understand God did that. God put that into play. He brought those things together. Because if it's not God, He will take one of those things away. And you can know for sure, even if, even if you're still striving at it, you can know for sure this is not where God put me. This is not what God wants me to do, right? I, 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 I might have a desire to do something. I might even have the opportunity to do something. But if I don't have the ability to do something, like I could say, I want to be, you know, I want to play center for the Philadelphia 76ers, right? And, and, and even if they were to, you know, if I had like 
a trillion dollars or something, they would probably put me on the team if I bought my way in, right? I could even buy the opportunity. But when I get on that court, the ability is not going to be there. I'm deficient in the... You understand what I'm saying? And I'm a little old for that kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean... Or I might be seven feet tall, and I might be able to do it, you know, have a desire to do it, but if I can't get on the team, then I don't have the opportunity. And listen, that's a way. Now, sometimes we have to work at what we, and, and you know, we do what God calls us to do. We listen to what God tells us to do, and staying plugged into the logos, staying plugged into all that God is releasing. We've been on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the spiritual gifts. Listen, the spiritual gifts are released through the logos. The logos is the power that surrounds us, that field of power that surrounds us. I I had a thought between services because I I, I brought up the field thing and and I kind of regretted it in the first service, but because I didn't explain it as well as I would like to. You guys in the second service get much better explanations on things after I have a chance to think about it. But when I had this thought, I believe it was God telling me something that I didn't already know, that I didn't know. He said, pay attention to what the devil is is imitating because that's what's most powerful in the spirit. Because if it's not powerful, if it's not effective, if it doesn't work, listen, the devil's been watching what God's doing for a long, long, long time. He's not going to imitate something that's not working, that's not going to work. So when we look at like new age religion, new age thought and all of this kind of stuff, all of this stuff is in there, right? We have a huge industry right now in our world with the law of attraction and, and the law of magnetism and the frequency and the field and, and all of that kind of stuff. And listen, here's the reason that it's such a huge industry. Number one, people are starving to death for it. People are hungry and thirsting after what they know is out there, but they just don't know how to find it, how to get it. And number two, the enemy is you is imitating it in the secular realm because the church is not stepping up and tapping in to what it means to really connect with God and be able to give people real answers and real insight and real wisdom and real knowledge and real healing and real power because God is releasing it from heaven through the logos. It's through the Logos that all of this comes. It's through Jesus. Nothing that is made was made without Him. No healing that ever happened happened without Jesus. Come on. So if the, if the devil is imitating it, we ought to pay attention to it as the church. But you know what the church does? We, we play ostrich to it. The world starts imitating something that's ours. We stuff our head in the sand and we ignore it and pretend like it's not there because, oh my Lord, you know, they're doing it so I guess we can't do it. No, they stole it from us. They stole it from God. God created everything that works. If it works, it's from God. Even if he's not getting the credit for it. Come on. Air works when I breathe it in and breathe it out because it's from God. And guess who else gets to breathe in and breathe out? Every other unbeliever in the world. 
Everybody out there. Well, that was good for me. All right. So here's my second point. God, God values, God's value for connection holds all things together. Everything that is held together is held together by God's love, by God's grace, by God's power, by God's dunamis. Dunamis is the word that the Holy Spirit operates in power. In the, in the first chapter of Acts, God said, and I will give you power from on high. That word power is dunamis. That is the presence of God in our lives. That is him available, alive and well in us. Listen, st- get, get over all of those, you know, storybook little ways of God and, and, and pictures of Jesus and start looking to the one true God who is all in and in all. When we look to the one true God who is all in and in all, then we connect to a power in the universe that we can that, that expands beyond the universe. Amen? The universe is just a tiny little thing inside of eternity, and eternity is where God is. What is heaven? Right? What have you done up to this point that, that is not working for you or that, that you're kind of bound up in, that you're kind of stressed out, that you're striving in? Right? What is that? Okay, here's what you do with that. Forgetting what is in the past, I let go of that strive. Drop your sticks. Right? Drop your skiing sticks. You don't need to do that anymore. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to look to heaven. What, is, what does it mean to look to heaven? To look, heaven is not a geographical location. Heaven is a circle. Is a, is, I don't even know what to call it. Heaven is a state of being. And it is a state of being with God. Heaven is where God is. Amen? I know I'm messing with your theology. You, you want your theology messed with, just read your Bible. It'll do it. It'll, it'll screw up all your doctrine, all your theology, all the, all the things that you thought. Because it's so much bigger. It's so much bigger. I wish I could go back and re-preach every sermon that I have preached over the last 20 years so I could make God just a little bit bigger in every single sermon that I've preached. Because He is so much bigger than your problem. He's so much bigger than the demon coming after you. He's so much bigger than the devil that's trying to hold you back and hold you down. He is so much bigger. He is so much more powerful. And He is so available. He's right here, right now. And he wants to connect with you. He values connection. And that connection is our opportunity to break out of the old patterns. You know, there's so many old patterns that we have had to fight through. You, you might have had the circumstance where you, you grew up hard. You grew up in a tough way. And, and, and the way that you grew up, you had to fight for everything that you got. You, you had to scrap for everything you had to, that, that you got. Somebody else had to lose something so you could get something. Listen, that's exactly what the devil would like for everybody to have to do. And he uses sin to create those circumstances that some of us, many of us had to grow up in. But I'm telling you now that there is grace to overcome that sin that you don't 
don't have to fight. You don't have to beat people down. You don't have to destroy others so you can live. This is not fight, kill or be killed. This is not Darwinian idea. This is Jesus' idea. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing beyond anything you could ever ask for or imagine. Trust me. Trust me. He doesn't say, now dig. <laughs> now scrap. Now claw your way through. No, no, no. He says, trust me. Trust me. I got you. I got this. Do things my way. In him. In him is where we find that connection. He says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Listen, darkness cannot overcome light. Just the tiniest little bit of light can overcome the darkness that you feel. I, I, I'm reminded of this all the time. When I, leave, when I leave my house in the dark and I walk into our garage, it, as soon as I walk in the garage, it's like walking into a black hole. It is like pitch black dark in there. And as soon as I walk in, it's almost disorienting. I almost get dizzy from it, like because it's just so dark that it's that it's you know oppressive almost. And then I close the door and I turn my head, and on the wall there's this tiny little green light, this teeny little green light right there. It's the garage door opener, and the moment that I see that little green dot. That little bit of light that is poking out of the darkness. As the moment that I see that, it's like everything gets normal again. I'm reoriented again. I know where I am and I know where I'm going and I know what I'm doing. And it's all because of that little bitty light that is shining in the darkness. You see, it doesn't take a lot of light. It just takes, it just takes some light. But here's the thing about light. That when light comes in, it overtakes the darkness. I, I, I mentioned earlier that, and, and I, I talked about it at CR on Friday night, uh, I just had a rough week. I, I, I usually don't talk about those things. I usually just kind of, you know, suck it up, drive on. It's just kind of my personality. Just go fake it till you make it, do your thing, you know, and, and, and press in. But I just felt like I was saying, you need to share this so that, so that others who are in that circumstance can understand that there's another way to deal with it. That there's another thing to do. That you can still get up and keep going. And it, and it reminded me of a time back in my life, many, many years ago, when I was still in the army and I was on like this very long journey of reconnecting with God and Him calling, dragging me back to Him. It's, it's, a, it's a long story. But I remember laying in bed one morning. I just woke up and, and I was just laying in bed and... And I had my eyes closed, and I, and I just realized that all I could see was a dark screen. It's like a pitch, it was just pitch black dark in my, and, which was weird for me. Because I grew up being very creative, very artistic, very, you know, visual thinker. I, I could, you know, visualize things in my mind. I could see visions of things, and, and, and this, and and, and I saw it all in color. You know, it was very vivid when I was growing up. And then I, I just came to that realization at that time. That after going through, you know, a, a lot of years of stuff, you know, I, 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 just, I just realized my whole imagination was just black. 
when I closed my eyes and just thought, it was just black. There was nothing there. And, you know, this is where prayer, once again, you've heard my, you've heard my, you know, my most effective prayer is the fine God, you know, fine, you do it, right? This was my, my, my other way of praying was, God, help. (laughs) I need help. I don't, I don't know what to do about this. Like, I can't. And listen, this was after many years of striving and trying and, and, and fighting against something. I don't even know what. But that's just kind of how my whole life felt, that I was just fighting against something all the time. And laying there in that bed that morning, I just realized that my whole imagination, my whole thought process had just gone completely black. The screen of, you know, you've heard of that, the the screen of your mind. It was just lights out. And I said, God, I I need help. (laughs) I need to see some light. And I'll never forget this. This it's, It's etched into my brain. It's etched into my spirit. As I laid there with my eyes closed looking at that darkness, I saw down in the very right hand corner, of that screen, I saw a pinprick of light. Just to, like if, if someone were to, you know, poke a hole through some dark, like black paper covering this whole thing and someone poked a light, a flashlight through it. That, that's what it was like. It was this pinprick of light just came into the darkness. And, and, and almost as soon as I realized that it was there, I became aware of the fact that it was there, it just went, Phew! And the whole scene, the whole, everything just lit up, just became bright white in my mind. And it, and it almost, like, it shocked me <laughs> because I went from, like, dark, complete dark deadness in there to whew, this bright light out of nowhere. And, and that was an experience that, that rocked me, that, that, Every, like when I read this passage, that's what I, that's what I think about because, because that's what God did for me. I had, I had darkness in my life. I had allowed darkness to come in and to take over and, and it, it had just shut everything down and there was nothing but darkness there. And then at, at the simple request, at the simple ask, God, help me. I want to see some light. The darkness could no longer overtake the light. And the light came in. And all of a sudden, I could see again. And, I've, and it's been that way ever since. I can imagine things again. I can visualize things again. What I had done all my life growing up. Because th- that was a gift that God had given me. And I had basically forfeited that gift away by trying to do it myself. To, by trying to do it my way. By trying to fight my way through. By trying to row myself up the hill. Right When I said, God, I can't do it. Every powerful moment, I I come to some of these realizations right here in front of you, so I'm just thinking out loud a little bit, but every powerful moment in my life has come at the end of my rope saying, I can't do it anymore. And God's like, finally, (laughs) 
I've been waiting for you to figure that out. I've been waiting for you to trust me on this. I've been waiting for you to hand that over so I could do it for you because that's the way I intended to do it from the beginning. God's value for connection delivers us from darkness into light. Whatever darkness is in your life, listen, here's, here's the thing. Take that darkness and lay it down before the Lord as, an, as a sacrifice, as an offering. And say, Lord, here, here's, here's the darkness. Here's that place in my life. Here's that hurt or that habit or that hang up. Here's that addiction. Here's that situation. Here's that circumstance. Here's that doubt. Here's that thing that I can't seem to get away from, that I can't seem to get beyond, that I can't seem to get breakthrough on. Here it is. I just lay it down and I'm just going to trust you in him. He will. Come on. In verse 14 of that same chapter, John reveals who he's talking about. And he says it this way, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. This was the apostle John reflecting upon Jesus whom he had walked with for three years. Who Jesus looked down on the cross and spoke to John and said, John, here's your mother. Take care of my mother. Here's your son. And he gave him that responsibility because he loved him that much. When John wrote his gospel, he only referred to himself as the the disciple whom Jesus loved. That was his identity. His whole identity was that Jesus loved me. He never once uses his own name. He only says the the, the, the disciple who Jesus loved. Because he understood That it was in that relationship. It was in that connection where he had access to everything that he needed. It was in that relationship that sustained him through being boiled alive. Through being imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos where he wrote the revelation of God. Where God opened up the heavens and showed him visions that he wrote down and now we have as the last book of our Bible. His whole identity was wrapped up in the fact that Jesus loved him. Because, listen, here's the thing. God's ultimate value for connection was declared when he came to be with us. We talk about Emmanuel, God with us. You have to make that personal because he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you in your marriage. He wants to be with you in your parenting. He wants to be with you in your business. He wants to be with you in your dreams and your desires. In every area of your life, He wants to be with you. He did everything He could possibly do to be with you. So if you're seeking a Savior... (laughs) I, I realize that, you know, most of us have received Christ as our Savior. There may be someone in here that's never received Christ as your Savior. Then, God, I'm just thankful that you're here to hear how much Jesus loves you. So that you can receive His grace. And, 
And, and you can experience the love wash over you that He's pouring out of heaven all the time. But listen, I think the people that maybe need this message more than people who haven't received it is us who have received it and forgot. <laughs> and, and, we've, and we've stopped believing and we've started striving. We've stopped trusting and we've started trying instead. Right? It's not about not working hard. Here's what I do know. That when you say, okay, Lord, you tell me, what do you want me to do? He'll keep you busy. You, there, there's no lazy boy time when you're working for God, when you're doing what God is telling you to do. But here's what there is. There is effectiveness. There is momentum. There is power that happens. That you're not trying to create, you're not standing out by the ocean saying, trying to get a wave to go. Right? Uh-uh. You're up on that wave. And you're riding that wave. Because that's what it feels like when you're in the hands of God. When you are with Him and He is with you. That's what it... That's why Christmas matters. That's why celebrating the Savior matters. Because we don't need... We don't just need a Savior to save us from our sin and from hell and get our ticket punched for heaven. We need a Savior every day. Every day. In every moment, in every way. Somebody ought to write a song about that. Amen? Why don't you all stand? It's, it's my... It's my prayer that God has spoke to you in a very personal and specific way today. I felt that today. I felt that in this service specifically. I, I felt in this service specifically that God was speaking to individual hearts very specifically about very specific things. I hope that you've received that. I hope that you're receiving that. Because what, what, the reason that he's doing that, I believe, is because of his desire and value for connection, he's wanting to connect with that need that you have. He's wanting to connect with that thing that is, that is you know, <laughs> from a father's perspective, when I see my kids stuck in something, striving in something, working on something, and it's just not work. Man, all I want to do, all my father's heart wants to do is jump in and fix it for them. Jump in and try, you know, and help. And, and for me to do that is not always the greatest thing because sometimes it's, it's, it's God who is, who is the one they need to trust. I won't always be there, but he will always be there. But that desire as a father, as a, as a mother, I believe those, that maternal, that, that instinct that God has put in us is His instinct because we are created in Him and He wants the best for you. He wants what you're doing to work. And He wants what you're doing to bring Him glory and to benefit everyone around you. And if we do it for that reason... We can ride the wave. Come on. Let's pray together. Father, we're just so thankful that Your promise is true. That You are always with us. Never 
leaving us alone, never leaving us abandoned, but you are always there no matter what. Even when we turn our backs and reject you and run and hide from you, you are always there. And so, Lord, we turn to you. We come into the light where you are in the light. We lay down all of our stuff. And we say, yes, Lord, your will be done on earth, in me, through me, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Love you. Hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.